it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to a, another episode of the Steelers post-game show. Kind of also an episode of The Standard is the Standard, as I'm joined by my co-host, Lance Williams. But the reason why this is still considered a post-game show I said this last week, I'll say it again this week, the game, yes, I'm not an idiot, it was Thursday, and this is Friday, but not everyone got to watch the game live. And if you didn't get to watch the game live, you had to DVR it because it re-aired Friday morning East Coast time at 2 a.m. And so some of you maybe just are finishing the game, and for that I apologize. But we want to talk about the game when everyone's kind of watched it, so we're chiming in and getting a real feel for what, what does this game mean? Because if you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I swear to you people, you would think that the world is ending. Um, <laughs> you laugh, Lance, but I'm, t- I'm telling you, my winners and losers column had over 250 comments, and that was earlier in the day. Um, let's go real quick, Lance. Not talking specific players yet. What do you take from this game in terms of regular season outlook? They better tackle better. You know, typically I do defense, but, you know, as Jeff, we talked about it, we're going to just give our comments on both sides of the ball. Defensively, this team couldn't tackle simple arithmetic. (laughs) This team is – it can't tackle. And the foundation of any defense is physicality and tackling. And right now, this is a bad tackling team. Look at the angles of pursuit. Um, I'm not familiar with the wide receiver's name that did the cutback along the sideline and ran past number 31. 
that you just can't let a guy cut back to the field and not get a guy out of bounds. You have an extra defender with the boundary. So the tackling and the physicality is not there. And it's easy to suggest and, 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 you know, excuse it away because it's the preseason, but physical, aggressive, sound football teams are what they are in preseason and in regular season and in the postseason. And that that tone of physicality and technique and tackling, that's supposed to filter from your first unit all the way down to the rest of the units. Now, they're not going to do it as well, but they're still supposed to play fast, physical, and with sound technique. And you don't see that from anyone consistently on this defense. It's not a physical unit up front. And they don't tackle well. So if you were to take this game and hopefully it changes and you take this game moving forward, they're going to have to score a bunch of points to win football games. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I agree. It's no one that watched both of these games, Philly in week one and green Bay in week two can honestly say that tackling is not an issue, but don't you also, because my question was, where do you see this impacting possible regular season outlook? I mean, think about it. Last night they were missing Cameron Hayward, Joe Hayden, Sean Davis, Mike Hilton, and TJ Watt. Now, Sean Davis has his tackling issues. I understand that he did lead the team in tackling last year, but those are five starters that were not on the field. Does that weigh into this for you? Cause it does for me. I, I, I can't, I can't get a grasp. And also Daniel McCullough started last night. I don't know why, but he did. Maybe they just wanted to give him a look. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't put too much into it. Yeah. That's a basic skill tackling, but I don't it, know. It's a, it's it's a foundation. Tough. It's a foundation of a defense. This wasn't the best tackling defense last year. It, I mean, so, I mean, I'd feel better if, it was a good tackling unit that I could just put my hang my hat and say, when the first team plays, they're going to tackle guys aren't going to bust tackles. They're not going to have issues uh, stopping people rushing the football, so on and so forth. I mean, this is a defense that is still trying to solidify the guts of the defense. It's interior. And I think we saw in the first game that Tyler Manikavich cannot play inside. He cannot do it. He can't do it. So they still have some issues in the interior, in the guts of their defense to solve. And that's physicality and tackling. So it's an issue. I don't know how much of an issue it's going to be. Like you suggest, all those starters are going to play. They're going to play week one and come back. So they're going to be better because they're just better players. But still, they miss their share of tackles. And it's not just the Steelers. Bad tackling is part of the NFL. Because you can't work on it anymore. It is a bad part of the NFL. Just like backup offensive line play is bad and cornerback play is bad. Those are three things that are just bad in the NFL across every team. So if you're going to have bad tackling, you better take good pursuit angles and you better get guys to the football. And the pursuit angles are bad. I mean, the Morgan Burnett play, breaking down on that slant from Devontae Adams was terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's just terrible. You complete the pass. The coverage allows them to complete that pass. But also based in that defense and that coverage is the tackle. That's the last part of that play is the tackle. 
let them complete it. He gets five. We tackle him. We get off the football field or we put them in a position that's favorable for us defensively. Can't execute that defense if you can't tackle the slant and it goes for 27 yards. You got to tackle. So they've got some work to do on the tackling front. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, if anyone's listened to our shows, the standard is the standard. We've been doing it now for, I think, four seasons, something like that. Lance is typically the negative guy. And maybe you call it a realist. I call it negative. You know, yeah, I see you over there. But I'm more of the optimist. I'm more of the glasses half full. I was impressed by a couple of players. And honestly, here's another question. And I, we're going to get into players in seconds. I'm not going to bring up individual guys just yet. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Everyone's down on the defense for giving up 51 points, and rightfully so. I don't care who you're playing. If it's a high school JV game, you give up 51 points, that's like giant red flags are going up. But at the same time, the offense put up 34. And so that's back-to-back weeks now that they've put up 31 and 34. And I've had a lot of people say on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and people that I've talked to, oh, it doesn't matter. It's It's a preseason game. Well, how can you say that giving up 51 matters, but yet scoring 34 and 31 doesn't matter? Uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's, that's talking out of both sides of your mouth, in my opinion. So for me, I looked at the offensive output. I thought the offense moved the ball okay. Um, I definitely think you could see, look, that's starting offense for the Steelers. When the offensive line was in there, they could have ran the ball down their throat every single down and probably moved right down the field because Green Bay can't stop the run, or at least they couldn't last night. Um, Randy Feetner wanted to see what his quarterbacks could do. Mason Rudolph, ee. and Joshua Dobbs got off to a rough start too. But, yeah, exactly. Ee. But at the same time, I think that that was the game plan. They wanted to throw the ball more. They wanted to see what they had in those guys. But, man, they ran the ball well. They ran the ball well. James Conner, and we'll talk about them individually in a second. Do you take credence to what I said, Lance, in regards to you can't fault the team for giving up 51 and then not give credit for scoring over 30 the past two weeks? I think you're right. Your argument is logically sound. (laughs) That doesn't mean you agree with it. However, however, we're talking sports. This is the realm in which logic typically does not apply. So, hey, if we were in a rhetoric class or if we're in debate club, you'd win hands down. But guess what? We're talking Steeler football. And sense does not matter and logic does not matter when it comes to Steeler Nation. But you're right. And that's one of the things I pointed out, you know, I was going to talk about last week, but I didn't get an opportunity to get on the show was the depth of the running back position. I mean, that is a strength of this offense. Ironically, I mean, they have really good backs. Lev Bell's not even there. Connor looked really good last night. Uh, Toussaint La Overture, uh, you know, him with his cuts, his he lateral quick, quickness. Man. He, he looks, looks great. 
Yeah. His lateral quickness looks great. Ridley can run the rock. And the rookie, Samuels, looked pretty good. In fact, I mean, you know, because Samuels got drafted, I think Ridley is going to be the odd man out. Yeah. But honestly, you know, Samuels is the fifth best back on that team. You know, this, you know, that running back room is deep. So that's definitely a positive. Um, yeah, I mean, it's preseason and you're right. You, you, you can't criticize, be overcritical to defense if you're not going to give the offense some credit. Um, I mean, I think the biggest story, though, even prior to the game is that Ben Roethlisberger is okay. He's yeah. not in the concussion protocol. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the biggest story in this 51 to 34 drubbing. But trust me, when I watched the game yesterday, I just, you know, got some iced tea, <laughs> started cracking some jokes with pops. You know, we're laughing at the missed tackles. I mean, it just got comical. Yeah. And if you haven't watched the game, it, it, you know, it's just one of those comical games where it's like, wow, thank goodness they got about three or four weeks to get this right. And I agree with what Mike Tomlin said after the game. He was quoted by saying, our response to this performance will tell me more than the performance itself. And I could not agree more. How are they going to bounce back? You know, week three, the Tennessee Titans come to Heinz Field. They're at home for the first time this season, including the preseason. And it's that final dress rehearsal. You'll see Ben Roethlisberger out there if he's deemed healthy. Antonio Brown will probably play for at least a quarter as they should. I think you need to get that practice. Hell, Tom Brady played an entire half last night. So I agree with getting these guys out there and getting them repetitions and getting their timing back and that feel. Um, I, let's let's dive into some individual players here, Lance. And, and let's. I want to talk about James Conner first because he, in my opinion, was one of two or three bright spots for the Steelers in a game that was very, very dark. Um he ran the ball hard. He showed tremendous balance and he did not go down easy. His vision seems to be better um, in regards to finding those holes. He's not the patient back that Le'Veon Bell is, but my question for you is we all saw the game. If you haven't seen the game, watch the highlights. It's tremendous. He, he single-handedly has a 73-yard drive. After watching James Conner for the last two weeks, are you a little bit more at ease about the fact that a Le'Veon Bell is likely in his last year or B if something were to happen to Bell this year, that the running game will be okay. Hell no. <laughs> like, no way. like no way. I mean, look, man, I mean, Hey, let, let me speak to the, to the Tomlin point and the Tomlin point about, you know, the response next week shows more about the, whatever, you know, that's bullshit. You know, like, Oh, that's shit, right. That, that That's, that's to be is not to be. That is the question. Look, if they get their ass whooped next week, he's going to fall back on, well, it's preseason. We got to get some stuff prepared. We don't really game plan. You know, preseason, that's always the out, the parachute, if you get your ass whooped. So they'll take that. If they don't respond next week, they won't worry, and they'll still get prepared. It's still a preseason game, so you can't you, you can't take too much from it. Good or bad. Let's say they go out next week and absolutely demolish the team and win a hundred to zero. You think they're gonna win a Super Bowl because of that? Hell no. So take it with a grain of salt next week and all that coach speak, because it's typically BS nonsense stuff. Now with Connor, look, man, Le'Veon Bell's a special back. Your running game is gonna suffer if Le'Veon doesn't play. 
point blank period unless you put David Johnson in the lineup. There's no one player that can replace Le'Veon Bell. They're going to have to do it by committee. So it's going to be James Conner and some other guy. So if you, if I want to feel comfortable about the running game, they need James Conner and who's the other guy that does what Le'Veon does and gets the 60 to 65 receptions and the 500 to 600 yards in the receiving game. Who's that guy? So if you show me that guy combined with Connor, I'll feel better because it takes two guys, two regular guys to be Le'Veon Bell. And until they find that second guy, I wouldn't feel comfortable with the running back without Le'Veon, the running game without Le'Veon Bell. No way, no way at all. No, that's a good point. And Le'Veon Bell is a special back, and people sometimes forget that because he's not there. Uh, the way that he's handled his business might not appeal to everyone, um, but you're right. I think the only other player, in my opinion, that really stood out as playing well was rookie wide receiver James Washington. Yep. Um, man, he has looked good, and everyone that follows the camp reports, whether you're there in Latrobe or whether you're just following on behind the steel curtain.com or on Twitter. This guy's been doing this all camp. This is not a Damon Patterson. Is this a fluke or is it for real? This is for real. This is James Washington. He did it in four years at Oklahoma state and he's doing it now in the pros. And he is not your atypical receiver. He's not super tall. He's not really fast. He doesn't jump out of the, out of the gym, so to speak, to use a basketball term. But, man, that guy can high point a football, something Martavis Bryant sucked at, by the way. He couldn't high, he can high point a ball, and combat catches are what he does best. What is your projection for early season, James Washington? Because I'm kind of drawing comparisons to Juju Smith-Schuster, his rookie year last year, and how they utilize them. But give me your overall thoughts on James Washington and what you think it's going to mean early in the season and how the Steelers utilize him. I think he's going to struggle um, as, as well as he's looked in preseason. I think he's going to struggle and I'm not being a hater for all my young Steeler fans <laughs> I'm not being a hater for my millennial fans. I'm going to give you just a specific football point. Combat catches are contested catches. The percentage of catches that you make that are combat catches and contested catches are slim. You do not want to make a living making combat contested catches. What I want to see from James Washington is some run after the catch and some separation. If I see that in this third game, along with the combat catches, put me on the bandwagon. I'm like, he's going he's gonna to rock and roll next year. But I want to see him run some routes where he's getting some clean separation and he's running away from some guys. That, that, that's what I want to see in the third game. So right now, if I, until I see that, I, I think he's going to struggle. And I think the third receiving option is going to be Vance McDonald. And he will be a complimentary player to Vance, Juju, and A.B. I agree with I – don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to struggle as much as you may think because I think he's going to see a lot of single coverage because the defense is going to be doubling Antonio Brown and shading Juju Smith-Schuster – who's had a tremendous camp, by the way. Um, but James Washington, I don't think, is going to get a lot of opportunities. This is almost the same exact script as Juju Smith-Schuster a year ago. He looked really good in camp, 
showed up in the preseason, had some big plays, and what did they do? They really didn't play him that much in the first few games. He was only in specific packages. They always use the term, we need to ease them in. I don't understand what that means. This kid's been playing football a long time, but they want to ease them in. And if you recall, Juju Smith-Schuster had to wait, and then he finally took over and was the primary number two. Let's be honest, he was the number two. It wasn't Bryant. Um, but I think James Washington is going to be just fine. He doesn't he, he doesn't look like it's too big for him. He shows up big time in big situations, and already in camp, reports are that he has a pretty good rapport with Ben Roethlisberger, which is another very, very good thing. So I will see how it pans out. Uh, like Lance said, I agree with him. I don't think he's going to get a ton of opportunities early in the season, but I think by the season's end, Lance, would you agree he's going to be a solid fixture on that offense? I, I agree. I, now, I think he's not going to be targeted early, but I think he's going to play more snaps than Juju played early. And that's to your point that you made a couple weeks ago about who's going to be the primary slot receiver when you said it's probably going to be Juju. Yeah. I think because they're going to move Juju inside um, as the Y receiver, I, I think, um, you know, James Washington is going to be the Z. And Antonio Brown play the X. And James Washington play outside because if you play him outside – he doesn't have to run a full, complete route tree. And if you throw him the ball, you know, the percentage of the passes are going to get intercepted because you're throwing, you know, you're throwing outside the boundary. They are safer passes. You can take those risks with him. And so I think he's going to be in their three wide, reset, wide receiver set. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities early. I just want to see him get more separation when he's running his routes. Yeah, and so let's be honest. To me, that kind of wraps up who impressed me. I thought the offensive line. <laughs> um, I thought the Steelers' offensive line, the starters, looked good. They were opening holes, really getting some push. Uh, and that's something we did not see a lot of last year uh, at all, really, to be honest with you. Uh, so uh, did anyone else impress you, Lance, uh, during the game Thursday night? Uh, not really. I mean... Yeah, we pretty much got I mean, I mean, I mean, not really. I, I thought McCullers got some decent push. And he um, falls over. And he falls over. I mean, he's I mean, that guy's like four stacks. I mean, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, that guy that guy is four stacks. I mean, but he looked better than I've ever seen him ever. I was like, man, you know, he it looks like chased. he's trying. It looks like yeah, he's trying. Yeah. He's chasing a steak. He's chasing <laughs> a meal. Like, he looked like there's a steak on a stick. And that boy running to try to get a bite of that prime rib. So he's running to that golden corral buffet. So <laughs> yes, uh, he <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's let's go to the other side of the ledger. And that is the, the people that made you go, oh, watching. Um, I'll go ahead and start. And it was Mason Rudolph. And I'm a huge Mason Rudolph supporter. I really like the kid. I think he has a very promising future in the National Football League. But if you would only watch last night and you hadn't seen any other film, like the good throws he made in week one or his college tape from Oklahoma State, you would never think that. He had happy feet, staring down receivers, going through his progressions, seemingly took forever. Uh, very, very poor pocket awareness. I could go on, but let's just say it was a horrible night for Mason Rudolph. But kudos to him. This kid can manage the media like a seasoned vet. He stood up tall. He <laughs> laughed. At me. He hey, he laughed about the pick six on the first throw. They said, "Were you able to get over?" He goes, "Well, I was getting the ball right back. I had to, you know." And so, um, 
he didn't seem like he was down in the dumps, seemed like he really understood the situation. We'll see if he learns from it. I hope he gets um, second half reps in game three next week because you figure Roethlisberger will probably play about a quarter. They'll probably get Landry Jones in there. And then I hope that uh, they get Mason Rudolph the next group because I want to see him perform again. But last night, Thursday night, week two, that was dreadful. Uh, you can compound that or you can go to another player, Lance. It's up to you. Well, the last thing I would add to Mason Rudolph, I think the thing that concerned me uh, even more so than some of the things that you mentioned, because some of those things are going to be a part of a rookie quarterback, unless you're Josh Rosen, who showed really good pocket awareness in his first game. I was like, wow, this guy, Baker Mayfield, looked good. Um, and we're doing this on Friday, uh, the 17th. Baker Mayfield and some of the throws that I watched Baker make tonight. Baker looked really comfortable in the pocket, giving himself extra space by backing up, stepping back in, stepping side to side. and deliver. I was like, wow, it looks pretty advanced back there. So other than a few guys, some of the stuff that you said is going to be a part of a rookie quarterback's game. His arm is questionable. His arm, I'm not impressed by his arm. And I'm not saying you have to throw in a, a football so hard that you you know, you know blast the, the barn doors down throwing spirals and putting crosses in people's chests. I, I, I don't like his arm. I don't like the way the ball comes out. It doesn't look like the ball has a lot of velocity on it, although he threw a nice little stick throw to Juju in the red zone. I don't like some of what it looks like when he's throwing deep ins and deep outs. It, it it doesn't look good to me. So maybe that was just that night. I don't know. I got to see more. I'm not impressed with his arm at all. He's, he's a hold on. He's a timing guy. Now you got to remember he came from a spread offense, shotgun quarterback. If you watch when he gets his foot in the ground, has time and is decisive with his throw, like you saw the, the pass to Juju for the touchdown, his arm strength is not – it's never going to be, like you said, a Brett Favre. Holy crap, look how hard he just threw that ball. Um, it's not even going to be a Ben Roethlisberger. Wow, he threw that off his back foot, and it still got there on a, on a line. He's a quarterback that's going to be – it's timing. And so him coming under center, which is something he never did in college, is you can tell it's an issue. Uh, watch, his, watch his dropbacks when he's under center. Just not comfortable yet. It's really uncomfortable and it's slow because it's, you can tell he's not he's processing his drop and then he's processing the defense when it should be I'm processing the defense from step one. So it's a well, hell. Put him in a shotgun. I mean hell. I well mean, they started to do that and that's when he gets more comfortable. Exactly, when, when, yeah. yeah, just spread him out. Shotgun, him play, yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. I can't dunk. You know, why, why why would I post up LeBron? I'm five <laughs> nine. He's six nine. Why am I going inside? I mean, hey. It doesn't work. Not put him in not. shotgun. If the kid can't do it, put him in shotgun. Shit. Who else, uh, offense or defense, stood out as just playing dreadful? Uh, I don't know. The defense, it was just bad. It was just, it was just bad. The rookie got picked on. The first rounder got picked on. Terrell. I, 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 I thought he looked – when he looked good first game, I thought, you know, he took his lumps. Overall, as a defense, they can't cover a tight end to save their lives. Tight ends were killing them in the seams. Um, they didn't look fast either. I mean, I, I'm not pointing out. When you give a 51, everybody sucks. So it, it, it's hard for me to point out individual guys that suck. It was a collective suck. Uh, it, it's just traits of the defense are more concerning to me, like physicality, tackling, speed, angle of pursuit, 
uh, being in the right place. Because if you're Morgan Burnett, you can't make that play. You, you can't squat on that slant. I mean, you just can't do it. I mean, nobody can get their feet moving fast enough. I mean, you, again, you've got you to gotta tackle that slant. So I, I'm more – the bigger things are, are, are more of the problem for me than individuals. They all sucked pretty much. I'll tell you someone who sucked. Jordan Berry sucked. I'm sick and tired of this guy. <laughs> and you may say, and people laugh at me all the time, Jeff, he's just a punter. Now, first and foremost, no, no, they haven't had a good punter since Mike Tomlin has been hired as the football coach, period. And you could even go back into Bill Cowher's days. And, hell, they drafted Daniel Sepulveda in the fourth round. They can, yeah, you probably forgot about him. And oh, he, he didn't pan out because his ACLs couldn't stay intact. But anyways, Jordan Berry three years ago was the Australian big-legged punter. I mean, could boom the ball. What the hell happened? The last two games, he's had, I think, three or four punts of less than 30 yeah. yards. Come yeah. on, man. When you're watching, you want to know the importance of a punter, watch the Baltimore Ravens. Sam Cook, or Coke, however you say his name, he can flip the field like nobody's business. Yeah, it's a big sure. deal. It's a big yeah, deal. Sure. And so Absolutely he, a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah, and Jordan Berry sucks. And you know what? The fact that Mike Tomlin started his post-game press conference, he talked a little bit about, about the players taking their lumps and the precinct, and the, he added, before he took questions from the media, our punting needs to be better. If that's not a shot across the bow of, look, man, I'll find another punter somewhere. So there's going to be punters cut. I'll, I'll get someone off the street and replace you. I don't know what would be. Absolutely. It'll be as soon as they break camp. <laughs> Don't be surprised if a punter's coming in. And I do remember Daniel Sepulveda. You guys' arms are about the same size. Like his butt. He, he <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If he kicked to the size of his arms, he'd probably still be around. He had guns. He was tanned with big arms. That's why I liked him. I like that guy. He had guns. He used to roll his sleeves up and stuff like he was clearly proud of his biceps. Hell yeah, from Baylor. Remember, he used to lay people out too. Exactly, he exactly. Stay healthy. Yes, um, why? I'm trying to think someone else that really sucked, in my opinion. Um, there were so many. Cody Sensabaugh. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't want to go too hard on Sensi because that call, I'm sorry. That, that personal foul call, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, you agree, right? Wait a minute, Jeff. What? First of all, if you suck, you can't have a nickname. We got rules on this show. <laughs> you can't suck and have a nickname. But it's appropriate that his nickname is Cincy because the bungles suck. So maybe, you know, you did it unconsciously. But, listeners, if a player sucks, he – well, you got to super suck to get a nickname because, you know, I did call our former number one draft pick, El Busto who's no longer in the NFL. So maybe if you super suck, you get a nickname. But and Cincy is appropriate. Name him the Bungles. So instead of Cincy, call him Bungles. And we'll all know who he is. So the Bungles, yeah. He played well in week one, though, don't you think? Come on, man. It, I'm honest. I, I'm being honest. You got to give him credit. I thought he played well. 
I'm still trying to figure out which which defensive backs are going to keep. Hayden, Burns, Hilton, and Sutton are locks. That's four. Yes. How many are you going to keep, and who are you going to keep? I do think they like Brian Allen, and I think they should keep Brian Allen because I think that Brian Allen could potentially be an answer to some of the tight ends that they might have to cover. He's big. He's a big guy. Um, Edmonds is in the mix, too. So Edmonds yeah. makes it five. Well, if you're considering him a cornerback, I'm not talking to no, secondary, back. just just defensive back. That that well, let's that just talk cornerbacks. Let's not talk safety. Safety's okay. in the home of the bag of worms. We have four cornerbacks that we both agree are definitely gonna make the team. I don't think they take keep six because I think they're gonna keep an extra safety. So who's the fifth cornerback that they keep? My it's money, bungles. It's bungles. Exactly. That's where my money is too. Bungles. He's getting all the snaps. It's bungles. And he played a bulk of, you know, the second part of the season when Joe Hayden went down, and their defense went to shreds when he started too. That was the one thing that would that that stood out. You know what, Jeff? I, I thought we wanted you a true false, but I'm glad we're just talking about the game. But I do want to throw you a true false question sure. since we're talking about corners and we're talking about the defense. Is is Joe Hayden the most important member of this defense? False. I'm going to say I think it's eventually going to be TJ Watt is the most important member of the defense, personally. But I hmm. could see where I could see where someone would say Joe Hayden would be true, that, that the statement would be true and that yeah. Joe Hayden would be the most important. Like, originally, I thought it was Cam Hayward. Right? That's what I originally thought. That, that, that's what I thought going into the season. Although he had a well of a year last year. Uh, it wasn't him. In my opinion, it was it was true. So I'm answering that question. I'm answering that statement. True. Joe Hayden is the most important member of that defense because that defense was really bad. Second half of the season when he went down, they started giving up a bunch of points and they they really never recovered. They became that defense as they went into the playoffs and they gave up the points against uh, Green Bay. Uh, they gave up the points against the Ravens. They gave up the points against the Jags, against the Patriots. I mean, they start giving up 30-point games every week. And their offense, but their offense was so on fire second half of the season, it saved them. So I, I so I think it is. I think it is Hayden. I think Hayden is the most important player on that defense. He plays a dynamic position, and that's where Hayward loses it for me. Because although you look at Aaron Donald and JJ Watt and you say, okay, well, they're dynamic. I feel like those are almost generational athletes. Um, right. There's not, there's not, they're not typical at that position. Hayward's tremendous. And he's in the top three of his position amongst the NFL. But at the same time, I don't think he's that difference maker. Um, a lot of people argue with me and that's fine. I'm everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But I think T.J. Watt this year, if he can take a step forward, become a better pass rusher, we know he can cover. We know that he is pretty much – I think he's a pretty sure tackler. He's had his moments, but at the same time, I expected a step forward. I really hope he plays on Saturday or at least starts to practice. Man, this guy missed all of camp with that hamstring injury. That bothers me a little bit. So Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think about that. Um, I think for me – I don't really want to talk about this game anymore because it was that bad. And I had to watch all four quarters <laughs> and I had to write about it. And 
the first quarter took almost two hours. It felt like I wrote, it was funny as I'm writing it, as the game is going on, I'm adding in Twitter highlights, you know, of the place. So the people that can't see it are seeing the highlights. And I almost had like 400 words for just the first quarter because, you know, the pick six, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back. He scores a touchdown. The Steelers score a touchdown. Terrell Edmonds causes a fumble, recovers it. They score another touchdown. It's tie game. Holy crap. There's 28 points in the first five minutes. Then things calm down. Um, I hope the fan base can kind of calm down as well. It is just they a season game. They won't. The sky is falling. Um, but like I said, even if week three goes bad, it reminds me of, I want to say in 2014, it was a week three game in Buffalo. It might have been week two. Anyways, Ben Roethlisberger, they go out, they don't do anything, nothing happens. He hits Martavis Bryant for a big touchdown. Everyone's going nuts, and yeah. then the wheels fall off. The defense couldn't stop anyone, and everyone's saying, these guys suck. It's going to be a horrible year. These guys are bums, and they end up being just fine. They made the playoffs. Now, I don't want to talk about how they finished in the playoffs, but they, they did turn it around. So this is not indicative of how the team is actually going to play. So, Lance, before we send them off, um, is there anything you wanted to add? Again, it's it's my typical weekly rant against the media, oh, of, which we, of which we're a part of. Uh, I can't pro- t- pronounce his name for me. Dijon. Dayon. Dayon. What's his last name? Kovacevic. I'll never say that right. So just say, I won't you just cry. say D- DK. Anyone that follows Pittsburgh media DK. DK. DK Sports and Mark Madden. So, oh man, what a duo. So the tweet is this team, it was like, although Tomlin wins, he's not likable because he's arrogant and that filters down to the team. And so the team is not likable. I know what's not likable. A bad football team. (laughs) This is about wins and losses. And listeners, whenever a media person makes it about other anything other than wins and losses, it's not even necessarily about the character of the guys on your team. It's about wins and losses. That's what it is. Why do people like the Pittsburgh Steelers? Why do we go out with Steeler gear, my new lid, that's so sweet, and we have our chest puffed out? It's because we got six championships, not because people liked us. When you win, people are not going to like you. So, like, come on, man. Call these guys out, please. When they when they give these nonsensical nonsensible arguments about likability and all that crap. It's about winning football games. No more, no less. And the media is never the show. And half the time when guys say stuff like that, they want people to pay attention to them. It's about the players, the coaching staff, and if they win or lose games. That's it. Don't like me. Get seven rings. I hope they're hated and they get a seventh Lombardi. I hope the media can't stand them and they go out and win a Super Bowl. Bet you the media will like them then. Oh, yeah, because it makes them more money. I will add on to that. People always mention the Steelers' way. 
and I use air quotes. So I say, ah, that's not the Steelers' way. Like, for instance, if a player, think about San Antonio Holmes when he got busted with pot. That's not the Steelers' way. Look, if you paid attention, I wasn't alive, but I've read several books about the 70s Steelers, and I've heard plenty of stories from my father who lived it. Those guys were not choir boys, okay? Not if all. Could you imagine Joey Porter with a Twitter account or Facebook Live? <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, people, it's, it's a different game now. I mean, this world that we live in is different. And so the Steelers' way has never been about being good off the field or, or taking less money. It's been about winning football games and not just football games, championships. Do that. That's the Steelers' way. And yeah, they play favorites, man. There's a reason why after the 2005 season when they won Super Bowl 40, James Harrison has a scuffle with his significant other. He stays on the team. And then Cedric Wilson has a scuffle with his lady, and he gets cut. Steal away. <laughs> the steal That's away. Steal away. <laughs> <laughs> ben Roethlisberger gets accused of rape twice and stays on the team, and yet other players are gone for the most medial thing. That's steal away. win football games. Is the That's it. They, they might as well just say, just win, baby. I hate saying that. But I that's hate that. But it's, it's, it's win games, man. I mean, yeah. look, look. I, I, I'm a little bit older than Jeff, and you know, if you're from Pittsburgh, there's a famous bar. I don't know if it's still open. It's called Nats. It's a famous bar in the Strip District. Steelers used to go there all the time. I used to be in there with my cousins drinking dollar fifty Miller High Life and shots and eating wings. And Steeler players would be in there cutting up. I can't say some of the stuff that I've seen. <laughs> These guys were cutting up. And trust me. Uh, 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 hashtag me too was going down. Yeah. Every time in there. It wasn't, it wasn't calm and gentle. It was, I'm a Steeler. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Hey man, just win games. Yeah, I don't know any of these guys. Win games, I'm all good. Could you imagine though if Joey Porter did have a Twitter account back when he played? That would be entertaining. Well, that would be. I think that would be wildly entertaining. Well, first of all, half the video would be him, you know, showing his abs, <laughs> wearing a midriff shirt, flexing his abs, and getting pumped up. I mean. <laughs> Joey Abs. I mean, you know, it, that would be his Twitter handle, Joey Abs. Joey Abs. <laughs> hashtag JAbs55. This, this is the guy that went on the Baltimore Ravens bus to go after Ray Lewis. How many <laughs> how many cell phone cameras would have been out taking video of that now in today's society? Or how much footage would we have had of him cold cocking a Cleveland Browns player before the game at midfield? They got him ejected and gave James Harrison his first start. I mean, man, it's it's crazy to think about. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. So, all right, Lance. Uh, thank you for the uh, Friday night, man. It's, it's, you're still getting your night started. It's wearing down here for me. Uh, we are going to be on this week because the Steelers don't play until Saturday. So yeah. we'll find a date this week that works for both of us. I want to ask a really interesting question. It's about Khalil Mack and Le'Veon Bell. We've talked about it off the air. I want to bring it up on the air, and we'll see what – it blew my mind when I thought about it, but we'll talk about it, a little teaser for next episode. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Follow us on YouTube. 
go to YouTube, BTSC Steelers Radio. We are close to a thousand followers. We only need like uh, 45 more. So let's get us a thousand. 1K. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.